Yeah, but we can't start without some theme music. Entirely from old trumpets. Hello, everybody, and welcome to part one of episode 20 of Superheroes for Dummies, the show that had so many questions, we've had to do it in two parts. The show that tries to bring everyone up to speed on a comic book world. I am your super dummy, Paul, and of course, I am joined by Mr. Dan. How are you, sir? I feel wonderful. Mr. Steve, how are you, sir? I've been roped into this like, and ain't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. So, nice. Episode 20. Much like episode 10, we were going to do one of these characters that are a bit special that people think they know everything about. But actually, you out there, you read your minds. And you also voted for this character. So, for episode 20, we are talking about Wonder Woman. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The wonderful Wonder Woman. And we put out for some questions, and you have given us many. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> buckle in. Yeah. Um, I saw I saw these questions and it's like you know when you go to like a, I say like um you tidy up your house and then you open up the wardrobe and all this stuff just falls out. That's that, that, those are the viewers questions. Oh yes. The most <laughs> questions we've actually ever received for a single character in this one. Mm. Yes. So, um, thank you. I think yeah, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> hmm. We shall see. Um so I guess do the first bit first quickly. What's everyone's starting off point? Dan, how long have you known Wonder Woman mm-hmm. for? I've always known about Wonder Woman. Um, I've never read anything too deep about her. Um, I'm mm. aware of like the the TV series in the, I want to say, 70s. Yeah, so the TV series in the 70s. Um, and then obviously I watched the Wonder Woman... Wonder Woman 84 and uh, Justice League with the beautiful, the wonderful Gal Gadot, or Godot, I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I am in for an interesting time tonight. Cannot wait. Yeah, I'm kind of similar in that she's always been there in my knowledge. Mm. Not read anything specifically about her, but yeah. the, sort of the basics have always been there. Yeah. Um, from somewhere, just general. She is awesome, and you must know about her, I guess. Yeah. Um, how about yourself, Mr. Steve? Um, again, I cannot remember a moment in my life where she wasn't there somewhere. Um, in the comics, obviously, I had lots of the like ones I'd pick up that I could because getting American comics here in the 70s was tough and she was one of those characters that didn't get a lot of love in the reprint ones the the british big black and white reprints 
Uh, there was the occasional story, but what I did manage to pick up was her guest appearances in stuff like DC Comics Presents, which was a monthly book where Superman met up with someone different every month, and The Brave and the Bold, where Batman met up with someone different every month, and of course in Justice League, because um, she was almost always a part of that team. And then, of course, um, 1974, and it was shown in the UK a couple of years later, I think, the TV movie they made with Kathy Lee Crosby as Wonder Woman. And it was really weird because I was used to the Wonder Woman in the comics and this was like nothing like her. But what I didn't realise it was that it was like the Wonder Woman of the comics of that period because there was a time when she gave up her powers to remain in man's world and she literally learned martial arts and she just relied on her wits and her warrior training. She had no powers oh. at all. And that's what that TV movie was about. It didn't do very well. It didn't lead to a series. But then later on, as you said, Linda Carter, an actual goddess who still looks amazing today, and that was one show that I watched with um, adult members of my family, but um, they were watching for much more different reasons than I was. I was watching for the adventures of Wonder Woman, and they were watching because of this beautiful, gorgeous um, creature called Linda Carter. But then in later years, I learned to appreciate that side of her as well. So, yeah, I can't remember a time in my life when she wasn't there, and I love her to this day really do yeah hopefully today we shall if you aren't already a fan we shall bring you into the fandom you the dear listener Um, now we do have a million and one questions yes indeed um so quickly where where's the first appearance when does she come into the world Again, one of the originals, Golden Age, uh, All-Star Comics number 8, October 1941. But this was a meteoric rise to stardom because within the space of a year or two, um, she also got two number ones of her own in Sensation Comics number one and in Wonder Woman number one in January and in June 1942. So she's been around for a long time, celebrated her 80th anniversary in comics. Now, some people are going to shoot me down and say, ah, but her title was cancelled for a while. Yes, it was. But she still appeared, like I said, in comics like DC Comics Presents, Brave and the Bold, and Justice League. So never has a year gone by since her creation that we have not had a new story with Wonder Woman in it, even if for a year or two she didn't have her own book. So that's why she celebrated 80th anniversary in print last year. I got the collected edition and I love the character always have and always will even though she's one of the most rewritten retconned and recreated characters out of all of DC I mean Superman and Batman have, have had some changes but this 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 lady after Hawkman and possibly Wonder Girl her protege the original well not the original the second Wonder Girl Donna Troy she's had the most retcons and rewrites out of just about anybody bonkers uh, we'll talk about that so i don't want to get into that right now that that'll be talked about yes we do have a question on that um so i guess we'll just dive into it head first like lunatics that we are mm-hmm. and our first question is arounding that period the creation from dave horrocks what's the story with wonder woman's inspiration and creator William Moulton Marston 
is a very famous man, not just for creating Wonder Woman, but he also invented a device called the systolic blood pressure test, which is part of the polygraph, i.e. the lie detector, something that's still used today. So he's always been a man obsessed with the truth, and he's always been a staunch feminist, and people argue about that but we'll come into that later because he actually believes that men are inherently liars and women are much more truthful and honest and he's been obsessed with the truth finding out the truth and hence inventing the lie detector but then also hence having wonder woman as like the embodiment of truth um in the dc universe there's the three heroes known as the trinity batman superman and wonder woman batman justice superman hope wonder woman truth and that's what she's always embodied hence having a golden lasso which when it wraps around you you cannot lie so it's a funny thing that as a scientist and as a creator talent truth was something that was always very important to the man himself so that's what he's most famous for but anyone who knows his history or who know, wants to know more about Wonder Woman who's read into it, and he's, there's a couple of biographies and a great movie that came out a couple of years back, uh, Marston and the Wonder Woman, I think it was called. Well worth picking up and seeing if you get the chance. Um, he had a very, um, let's, have, let's, let's say, very forward-thinking uh, private life, because even back in the 20s and 30s, he had a wife, but they also had a life partner. So they were a thruple, and on occasion a fourth uh, person was also involved, but for life it was the three of them. He had four children with these two women, and they were together till death did part them. And both those women, for very different reasons, were also Wonder Woman. His wife, Elizabeth, was the physical embodiment of the character, but his life partner, um, oh blimey, whose name I forget, and I don't think I've actually written it down because I didn't want to dwell on it too much, it's well documented, um, is very well known for walking around with very big bracelets and we all know that that's an archetype as we can see for YouTube viewers on the picture behind our friend Dan um, those bullet bouncing bracelets, energy wielding bracelets and more which we'll come to later when we talk about her um, so yes a very very historied creator indeed but he did make in Wonder Woman for me, one of the longest lasting and outstanding icons in all of comics history. Hmm. That's already. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of people <laughs> like, know that. I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> I told you I'd raise some eyebrows. I mean, even by today's standards, that's pretty progressive. And this was yeah. 80 odd years ago. Yeah. Cool. Um, so our next question is from Mr. John Hammond. Um, and he says, um, I'm pretty sure people listening will know about her creator and how he lived his life for the most part. But is it true do now. that he had a fondness for BDSM and did this transfer to the comics in any way? that's been a little bit exaggerated over the years um he believed in the feminine right to power and uh, bondage and submission he said that if any woman allowed herself 
to be bonded for sexual reasons or whatever else. That was a good thing. But if any man forced her to, that was wrong. And a huge part of the early stories frequently saw Wonder Woman chained up. And um, it was a weakness she had where if her two bracelets were bound together, she would lose her powers and become subservient. But unlike every other female character of the period, your Lois Lanes and whoever else, who always needed rescuing by the hero, she got herself out of every predicament. There's even a story in the Golden Age where she chewed through metal chains binding those bracelets together. Mm. So was he a little bit kinky? Fair enough, yes. Um, but was it consensual and between three grown adults? Yes. So listen... Um, <laughs> I like Batman. I'm a bit weird. Um, let's leave it at that. Let's talk about his creation. And yes, there was some strange stuff that happened in the comics. Yes, it was stuff that he and his ladies were into. But there's a lot more to Wonder Woman than that. Um, anyone who knows her adventures or reads about her or watches her movies knows that for sure. Absolutely. And again, you two look like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told you, people think they know Wonder Woman. They don't. They really don't. Mm. Especially well, on this side of it. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking her chewing through the the, the, uh, the things, the bracelets, and the, the dental bill afterwards. Yeah. Well, no. She's basically vulnerable. And and there's reasons for that. Mm. Which we will talk about in the episode. Aha. Mm. Um, so we had a sort of similar question from Matt. Lloyd um, he says why was there so much bondage in golden age Wonder Woman stories it's Just like I because. said it's something that obviously um, was in the mind of Marston and his partners but also it was something that was prevalent in the comics of the day I mean not just the comics the TVs and the movies every person who's ever seen a film in their life knows that infamous scene in the classic even in the the um, musical pictures before sound before speaking where you'd have the girl tied to the train tracks or the girl tied to the pole and the indians dancing around her and that was also brought to the comics but like i said that yes that was a thing that was prevalent in wonder woman and that was her weakness if her bracelets were tied she was powerless but this woman got herself out she didn't have to rely on any man i mean if anything steve trevor oh my god he was the worst damsel in distress in throughout the history of the golden age he made lois lane look like rambo honestly this dude was forever landing in shit and having to get his ass saved by this beautiful woman in the flouncy blue skirt with us with the stars on it so um whatever else you may say and kinks and fetishes aside she was always strong she was always powerful and she didn't need anyone to save her and that's part of the reason i find her iconic to this day well that kind of answers the next question ah. let's just get all the bondage questions out of the way yes uh, and this one <laughs> i'm this glad one the silly questions Tony... come out. they're not silly they're based on on facts and truths but i want to talk about the character not the weirdness around her creation yeah. Um, yeah. So Tony Freeman said, "I read the biography of Marston, and it 
does seem that there are a lot of sexual connotations, specifically dealing with bondage, tied up, unintended, in the character. Uh, do you think that diminishes her role as a feminist icon, which you've kind of just answered? Far the opposite. Because um, just like Marston said, that she... I mean, for in many occasions, and obviously Matt Lloyd being our golden age um, superstar on this network and listen to a show classic comics on this very network it's grand um, (laughs) would know that on several occasions when she did submit and did allow herself to be tied up is because if she hadn't innocent lives would have been lost and Marston said that if a woman is willing to submit then you should be lucky you're proud that if this woman trusts you enough to do that but no man has the right to do it by force and no one ever could with one woman she was a woman who wouldn't bow down to anybody and there's a question coming up which i love which comes from from max i believe about superman and um this lady is a warrior she's a fighter but she's still every bit the woman and that's what i love about a it doesn't take away from her femininity or or or, or, or her sense of being at all because um like i said she's no one's victim and she got herself out of any mess she ever landed in and that's what's amazing about her for me anyway hopefully everyone will agree hopefully better hopefully all said letters yes <laughs> I'll go around there. Sort you out, son. You bad mouthing <laughs> Diana. Oh, no, yeah, let, me get the, let me get a golden lasso and I'll sort you out, mate. <laughs> Schleg. You Schleg. You Schleg. Ah, <laughs> oh, there is Diamond Geezer Steve there for you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, American listeners, but anyone in the UK will know exactly where I'm coming from. <laughs> He's 17, Waltham Stowe or something, innit? Any six. What am I, your mother? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yes, going a bit of a tangent. Um, <laughs> so our next question is from Ah, Mr. John Hammond. Um, and Mr. Hammond asks, uh, was Wonder Woman originally called something else before her debut in the in comic books? Oh wow! I didn't think anybody else knew that except me and possibly Matt Lloyd. Yes, <laughs> she was. And when you hear this name, you'll understand why they changed it. Um, initially, because um, of Marston's belief, and this is again something that's documented, he thought that women are far superior to men. Something I personally agree with. Um, he said that should women ever be free of the whole misogynistic nonsense that western society is made up of that they would actually rule the world and do a much better job of it than men and again i agree with that wholeheartedly so his original name for the character was suprema believe it or not but he thought that was a too authoritarian too over the top too master race in the world and considering that she was created to fight Nazis and they saw themselves as the supreme race and stuff like that. He thought, yeah. Plus, uh, there was already a guy running around in red and blue called Superman. Mm. So they thought, no, let's go a different way. And uh, it was his wife that said, no, she needs to be a creature of wonder, a creature of hope, a creature of truth. He said, wonder. Oh, Wonder Woman. And the rest, as they say, is history. But her original name was going to be Suprema. Ah. 
a name I both like and dislike all at the same time. It's more of a villain's name, I think. Super yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. So there you go. Nice one, John. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you very much, John. Oh, I didn't think anyone would know that. Brilliant. Hims knows his stuff. Top fella. Love him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of knowing stuff, the next question is from our correspondent of the North. Aiden. Aiden. Indeed, Aiden. from Chaotic Comics and Crafts. And he says, Wonder Woman seems to have a couple of origins. Made from clay or daughter of Hercules? Or both? Or more? What is the uh, origins? Not Hercules, Zeus. Um, but obviously, oh. sometimes people get the two confused because not everyone's a complete Greek or Roman god nerd like myself or Faye or her brother Philip. Um, we, we love the whole Greek and, and Roman mythology. But um, there is a con- the connection with Hercules as well because in historical texts in Greek myth, um, Hercules and his warriors did invade Paradise Island, did invade Themyscira and subjugate the Amazons, which is another reason why they don't want men on the island. Um, so some people mm. may have got confused with that story that, that it is alleged in the histories that Hercules did rape um, the Queen of uh, Paradise Island, who wasn't named as Hippolyta back then, I don't think. But um, no, um, the original origin was... Uh, depending which year you read it. <laughs> but um, obviously, the Amazons are immortal. They're a race of women, and they wanted something to fight for to regain hope. So, as they couldn't have children being just women, um, the Hippolyta prayed to the gods one night and from the clay molded a child, and the gods breathed life into it, and that child grew up to be. In later years, uh, particularly in the New 52, uh, back in the 2010s, uh, Wonder Woman's history was recreated by a writer called Brian Azzarello. And this is one of the best things, I think, to come out of Bond Continuity, where that was a lie to protect Wonder Woman from the wrath of Hera, Zeus's wife. Because in reality, Zeus, who, if you know anything at all about Greek myth, was a bit of a player. Uh, any beautiful mortal woman he saw that he uh, found a little bit tasty, he'd take a form of a golden showers or a beautiful swan or a handsome man, seduce her, and he had more children roaming around than eight seasons of Jeremy Kyle could ever, ever cover. <laughs> this dude put it about more than Dick Grayson on his best year. Um, there's demigods plenty. I mean if you know from films like Clash of the Titans Perseus was Zeus's son and, and so many others Hercules is another one so um, he Brian Antarello wrote it that um, Zeus fathered a child with Queen Hippolyta and that child was Wonder Woman and obviously to protect her they told the story about being made from clay and the clay breathed life into the gods but um, that's a story that seems to have stuck and they've used it in the movies and I do far prefer it to her being sculpted out of clay but it does throw a spanner in the works considering the origin of another person who's been Wonder Woman in the years but I think I saw a question from Faye about her or from Kendra a character called Nubia so I'll wait until she comes up before I um, spoil that one because that's part of the uh... we'll come back to that one later shall we say Yes. Mm. Yes, I'm sure that does. 
come up later on. Mm-hmm. It's bound to. We have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. We got plenty. Um, our next question is from Mr. Tony Farina. And uh, Tony asks, uh, how is it that she, in quotations, grew up on an island where no one ages? Is she immortal or not immortal? What's up with that? Brilliant question, because, again, if you don't read thousands of comics like some person I see when I shave every morning, um, (laughs) then you might be baffled by that. The truth is that the Amazons are immortal if they remain on Themyscira. They have a fountain of youth and various medical technologies there that keep them young. As soon as they step foot off Themyscira, they'll age in normal time. But then people say, well, hang on. If they don't age on Themyscira, how come she was a baby, she was a child, then she was a woman? Why hasn't she just stayed a baby forever? Well, obviously, they're not going to feed a baby from the fountain of youth and keep it a baby forever, because that will just be fucked up beyond belief. (laughs) So Diana grew at a normal rate um, as a child, and when she reached um, puberty and adulthood, they started giving her the fountain of youth in doses so she could learn at an advanced rate, so she could be younger than she was, obviously, because they did when she was an adult um let her be immortal so even though she looked 25 she was probably closer to 90 or 100 or possibly even older still because if you think that some of the earlier stories and, and if you look at the movie she popped to man's world for the first time in world war one um then she's been around for a while and she still looks not bad she polished she, she cleans Pretty up quite nice. good yeah. So, um, yeah, they're only immortal when they're there. When they come to man's world, when they come to Earth, um, they're normal human beings. And that's the answer to that one, I hope. If is that clear to you guys, does that make sense to you guys? Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Because that was a question I had as well um, when we were watching the movie. Yeah. Myself and Amanda going back and forth. Um she, she does go age. back home to visit the family, of course. And whenever she goes there, oh, bit of fat youth. Don't mind uh, if I do love better than Botox. <laughs> couple of I'll bottles to go with you. Better than the Croydon facelift. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's better. Yeah, no, I, I always thought it's like, because you know, I don't know if it's if I've seen it somewhere, but, you know, like with immortality, like you can be a child and you grow to like a certain age and then you get to that certain age and then you just stop. Yeah. And then they got she got to that certain age. age and then it all slowed down. So basically mm-hmm. she's aged almost in reverse ever since. Spot on. Mm. Yeah, baby's a lot of work. You won't want to keep a baby at that age. <laughs> Too much work. As Daniel will soonly find out. Yes. Daniel will soon enter that eternity. But hopefully his baby won't be talking from birth and stare at him from the um, scanner and Do you know what I was gonna <laughs> say? <laughs> Sorry, Miracle Man reference. We're talking about one. It's turned into yeah. bloody winter. It's like, Father, we need to talk. Yes. Mother's oh. concerning me. <laughs> I should yes. not have given you those books to read at this time of your life. But anyway, let's go back. I have nightmares. I'm going to have to put a recorder in the room with the bloody baby just to just prove my point. Uh, if you walk into the bedroom and she's flying around, that'll be the one that will really fuck you up. Yeah. Anyway. 
Anyway. Um, so, next question. Yeah. Uh, it's from Claire Payne. Oh, Claire Bear. Haven't heard from her in a while. No, indeed. Uh, she starts off by saying, my favourite DC female character. And then she asks, as she was brought to life by the magic of the gods, is Diana a god? Well, um, she was imbued powers by the gods. So in her original origin, no. But if Zeus is her father, then yes, indeed, she is a demigoddess. Absolutely, positively, 100%, yes. Um, so it all depends on which origin, which history you prescribe mm. to with Wonder Woman. Uh, personally, I again, I've said that the modern origin just works better for me. That whole clay thing, while it's charming in ancient myth and in stories you read as a child, as an adult, it doesn't really wash. And again, knowing those myths and knowing about Zeus and about his history, then it's just better. So, yes, indeed, if you go by the modern origin, she is, by all means, 100% a demigoddess. Yes, indeed. Which makes her power awesome. Mm. Truly awesome. Great question. Missed you, Claire. Yes. Yeah. Do return. Yeah, yeah. Um, next question is from, once again, our correspondents of the North. Um, and he asks, uh, if she's a goddess, does she have worshippers? Well, actually, yes. Um, there are huh. many people, obviously, even just as Wonder Woman. And what I love about the DC Universe is how they treat... Um, demigods, uh, mythical gods, Norse gods, Greek gods, um, Asian gods, they say that a god's power is completely based on the belief of their followers. So the more you be you're believed in, the more powerful you are. And obviously Wonder Woman, unlike the gods of Olympus, who, apart from having a few thousand worshippers probably still in the world today, because they do, She's a character who's around saving lives and being a beacon of hope for millions every single day. So even without her natural warrior's abilities, even without the immortality given to her by being a, a citizen of Themyscira, she is a goddess. And people do believe in her, whether they worship her or pray to her as different kettle of fish, but they do believe in her and they do aspire to be like her. So in that instance alone, that gives her an edge above most other characters because even though um, you and I might not say, oh, I don't believe that the Greek gods ever existed, they're just a story. If Wonder Woman's there in front of you, you can't say, oh, I don't believe in Wonder Woman. There's Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? So absolutely, yes. I mean, not in the sense where people will build temples to her and pray to her though i'm sure that's happened obviously i don't own every other comic one of them comic ever exists that ever made but even her fellow amazons worship her love her and respect her and the fact that she's named after one of the greek goddesses also called diana um, means that yeah that she, she does have people who follow her and believe in her, even if they don't go to a church every Sunday, have some wine and a bit of wafer and, and, and <laughs> worship her that way. They do believe in her. And that is a, definitely a thing because she's there right in front of you. How can you not believe in something that's right there? Mm. 
one of my best mates, a uh, guy who I grew up with, and we went to Catholic school, so this is just hilarious, in an RE lesson, stood up and told the RE teacher, no, I don't believe in God because how can I? Where is he? Look at the world. Um, I believe in dog. There's a dog right there. I believe in dog, but no. Nah. God, you can forget about it. Diana's right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Some serious logic right there. Yes. Thank you very much, Aidan. Uh, so, the next question is from a name you have mentioned. Faye Clark. Woohoohoo. She's on fire today. You have, you will, you will notice that this name will return many times in this episode. <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> many, many times. Yes. Uh, so she asks, why is Diana's relationship with the other Amazonians so turbulent? Well, um, I touched on it briefly in the previous question. A lot of them mm. love her and aspire to be her. But also, where there's that level of ability and greatness, there's also going to be your haters. <laughs> like, uh, oh, she ain't all that. You know, um, I can do what she does. Why was she mm. chosen to go to man's world? I could go to man's world. Um, mm. That's basically long short. It's, it's human nature. For every person who, if you do something good, gives you a pat on the back, there's someone there thinking, twat. Mm. And that's that's it's human nature, it's life. And there are many Amazons who aspire to be like her, but there are also many who want to knock her off her perch. Several of them have become enemies, several of them started enemies and then become become friends. One in particular, one of the Amazons' greatest warriors, Artemis, again named after the goddess Artemis, was briefly Wonder Woman for a time, and she was pretty cool. But um, by the end of it, and when she saw the life Diana had to live in Man's World, the trial she had to go through ended up becoming one of Diana's best friends and staunchest supporters. And even though she's died on a couple of occasions in the comics, but then again, who hasn't? um, She is literally still around in DC Comics today as part of uh, Jason Todd's team, The Outlaws. So um, again, and I know... Faye's a big fan of uh, Red Hood and uh, Bizarro and Artemis and Red Hood and the Outlaws. So that one's for you as well, Faye. Great question. Thank you for that one. Uh, Basically, what? people being people. Haters going to hate y'all. That's it. <laughs> Sad fact, but a fact nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Well, she is back again, Miss Faye Clark. Um, and... She asked them, how did Diana Prince become a Wonder Woman? She's got that backwards, isn't it? How did Wonder Woman become Diana Prince? <laughs> well, Diana, I think so. Diana Prince doesn't exist. Diana Prince is a figment. Actually, no. Mm, again, depending on which continuity you want to face. Uh-huh. Back in the 40s, this is, this is the cosmic bollocks to the ultimate degree back in the 40s in the golden age and, and Matt's going to love this because he's this is probably him jumping up and down and saying yes Steve knows this um, Wonder Woman was like a um, war secretary so she helped um, uh, in the war effort but obviously um, as a secretary in an office which is something they really took the piss out of in the first Wonder Woman film that she'd never do that but she did come across a nurse called Diana Prince who 
bore an uncanny resemblance to Wonder Woman. But this poor girl was stuck out in the war zone as a nurse and was desperately missing her boyfriend and but couldn't raise the cash to go and see him. So Wonder Woman said, listen, I'm a princess. I have wealth immeasurable. I'll pay for you to go be with the man you love. But can I then take your place as Diana Prince in America and live your life? And basically, someone said, I can go see my husband. You give me tons of cash. Where do I sign? (laughs) Basically, the first ever widely documented case of uh, identity theft happened. (laughs) But both parties were happy. No lawsuits were involved. And Wonder Woman became Diana Prince. But um, in later years, uh, Diana Prince has been largely ignored. She's just been Princess Diana of the Mascara. And again, like I said, in the first Wonder Woman movie, the Gal Gadot, that um, they they took the mick out of that perfectly. They put the glasses on her, and she was like, you know, what the hell are you doing to me? And Etta Candy, when when they dressed uh, poor Diana in that head to toe suit, Etta said, well, it doesn't matter how much you cover up, you can't deny that this is still one of the most beautiful women you've ever seen in your entire life. It's just not working. And it's true. Unlike with Superman, you put a pair of glasses on, just another dude, ignore him. Looks a bit like Superman. Nah, can't be. Um, nah. With Wonder Woman, there's no way any glasses tying up your hair, whatever else. Would not, I mean, if you've seen the Wonder Woman 70s show, pff, sorry, Linda Carter, even with the glasses on, you're a wonder, Wonder Woman. No doubt about <laughs> So, yeah, um, that's the origin of Diana Prince. But in most modern comics, you won't hear that name said unless she's got to just go incognito, go in the crowd and hope there's someone that doesn't recognise of who she is, she'll introduce herself as Diana Prince, but yeah, that's the origin of Diana Prince identity fraud Diana, 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 Diana dear oh dear terrible, naughty, naughty can't be allowed yep (laughs) so, we now move on to the advert um and we have a question here from Rose Fanning. Oh, Rosie. And they ask, who created Wonder Woman's first outfit? And it, honestly, even though it's changed, it's no longer a skirt. Well, it's sort of like a warrior skirt, like a Roman centurion skirt. It's basically unchanged. Uh, it was drawn and designed by Wonder Woman's original artist, Harry G. Peter, back in that original All-Star Comics number eight appearance. And she's changed in terms of obviously you know a 40s comic you know these bombshells that you see painted on the side of planes and stuff mm. and that's exactly what she looked like in the golden age and it's still a depiction i adore this wide-eyed vision of beauty but she had a flouncy skirt and uh, her hair was tied up behind her tiara rather than flying all out like it does these days but other than that she's virtually exactly the same but that look, that red, gold, and blue has remained constant for most part, apart from a few really radical costume changes. The time when she lost the powers was a good example, and in most re- more recent years, that look is iconic. You put that in front of anyone, and they'll say, oh, Wonder Woman. So, yeah, Harry G. Peter. Nice question, Rose, and thanks for sending us your first question. I know that Faye is always on your back. Faye and Rose are like each other's shadows. They're like um, Batman and Robin and... Laurel and Hardy and whatever else, <laughs> and um, she's like another like little surrogate daughter to me, like Faye is. So lovely to get a question from Rose. Thank you. Brilliant. That's making me smile. 
Well, speaking of shadows, uh-huh. <laughs> phase back. Hank Marvin sent in the question. What? <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Richards sent in the question. No, anyway, sorry. Anywho. Uh, yeah, so Faye Clark is back. Um, and she asked, out of all the Wonder Woman outfits, which was the best version and why? Oh, that's tough. And it's also very subjective. I can tell you which one's my favourite. Um, but, well, in 1969, um, she was given an ultimatum to return to Themyscira and rule or to stay in Man's World. But if she stayed in Man's World, she had to give up her powers. And she decided, no, I'm going to give my powers. So she took martial arts training from a fantastic blind monk called Ai Ching, who it turns out um, very uh, nicely also is one of the men who trained Batman in the martial arts. And she just she became a badass, but she gave up the Wonder Woman costume and like every other issue, she was liking just a different brightly coloured jumpsuit blue and white, black and blue, red and blue, purple, whatever else. And she was just like a classic like late 60s, early 70s jumpsuit icon. And she looked awesome. I mean, a lot of people hated that. And it caused DC no end of trouble when feminist groups and that said, that's not Wonder Woman, bring her back, bring back the Wonder Woman we know and love. But honestly, some of those looks, because I love retro stuff, were just killer. Um, they redesigned her and for viewers who have youtube can see the look behind me you may notice that it looks like the standard one woman costume but there's no gold it's silver that was the new 52 look which i personally didn't like i just love the work of this artist stanley lau aka art Gem. he's just a fantastic artist um that look i didn't like that much it was too i don't like the silver i, I think the gold's just a much cooler look but there's a couple of occasions like when artemis took over as wonder woman and Diana gave the role up and she didn't give it up um, willingly. What happened was her mother had a dream and a premonition that Wonder Woman was going to die. And she saw in this dream Wonder Woman being murdered. So she decided to say, Diana, you can't be Wonder Woman anymore. Sorry, you can't go out. If you wear that costume, you're going to be killed and die a horrible death. So they had another contest. The greatest champion earned the right to become Wonder Woman. That was Artemis. And she went off with her flowing red hair. And for a few years, she was Wonder Woman in that classic red and gold costume. But Diana wore a costume which was really cool, which was like a leather biker's out jacket and like uh, cycling shorts and boots and smaller bracelets. And she had a bob cut and she looked really, really cool. That's one of my favourites. But if I had to pick a favourite other than the classic red and gold, and again, Faye, I think I know why you asked me this question, you little sneak. It's just hit my head. Faye's helped me with my research a great deal this time because she lent me a couple of books which I haven't read since they originally came out. Brilliant story called Wonder Woman Odyssey, where literally Wonder Woman's memories and her life were stolen away from her and from all the other Amazons. And they were exiled from the Themyscira and had to come to uh, Man's World to, to escape uh, persecution and death. And in that iteration, she had this awesome costume. Again, leather biker's jacket, but then like just a red bodice and then like leather trousers. And like she just looked wicked. Um, and it's going to be on my reading list because it's a fantastic story. It was like when the 
the Golden Age Superman went off into the sunset of the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Alan Moore wrote the last Golden Age Superman story in a story called Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. And it's like when Batman was presumed dead after Batman Rest in Peace um, by Grant Morrison, that Neil Gaiman wrote a story, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, to look back at that Batman and his early years. But rather than just be a couple of issues like the Alan Moore story and Neil Gaiman story, a brilliant writer called J. Michael Straczynski, who sci-fi and TV fans will know as the creator of Babylon 5, um, wrote a fantastic run on Wonder Woman for just over a year. And it was called Wonder Woman Odyssey, where he brought every divergent look at the Amazons and Wonder Woman history and Greek myth and monsters and magic and talking cats and everything else in between. And his artist, Don Kramer, designed this fantastic new look. So apart from the red and gold, the Wonder Woman Odyssey costume, and I think that's why Faye asks us, it's probably her favourite as well. That's definitely my best alternate Wonder Woman look for, for sure. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Mm. Okay. Um, so we do have a follow-up question. Mm. Uh, well, a connected question from Kendra Hale. A name we will see a couple of times again today. Um, mm. Her question was, why do you think DC nixed the pants? And as a side note, if you're going through a list of questions and you want to know what this person is talking about, don't Google Wonder Woman pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, I can only imagine where that would take you. I was going to say, do I dare ask what, did no, you see? What, what things did you see? No, no. You don't. No, no. no. Um, let's move swiftly along. Yes, don't. Um, <laughs> wow. God. Did you have to do that for God. Oh, no. Oh, Nicks and Pants. That's a cat could be even worse. Wonder Woman's Nicks. Anyway, no. Let's say, why did DC Nicks the Pants? Um, it's because literally that whole story happened. Um, literally just before another major DC reboot that story led into Flashpoint and the New 52 so the writers knew I've got about a year to write a really cool story let's just not write about Wonder Woman let's change the way she looks let's, let's make her a, a, a more 21st century type character what would Wonder Woman look like if she were created today rather than in 1940 and so that that's what they did but um, obviously, with any classic character, with any icon, Batman's changed costume. Different people have been Batman. Superman's changed costume. At one point, there was four Supermen running around. But at the end, you will always go back to the classic look. And I think that's the only reason. I mean, for the 70s one, where she went to the jumpsuit and lost her powers and stuff, um, reader pressure. And one lady in particular, Gloria Steinem, who is the editor of Ms. Magazine, Literally, her and her supporters rallied and railed against DC Comics to bring back the one true Wonder Woman. And when Ms. Magazine launched, issue number one had the classic Wonder Woman on the cover. And that is still one of the biggest selling magazines ever. So fan support, even then, and tomorrow we're going to get the Snyder Cut, thanks to fan support, Fan support was happening even back then. And even though the writers were creating a brilliant story and giving us a brand new take on Wonder Woman for that period, fan support got to change back. And I think it's the same thing. My, J. Michael Straczynski's run was 
meant to showcase everything that made Wonder Woman great, bring Wonder Woman to the present before a new era, before a new relaunch, before a new history took over. So that's why DC did it. The proper Wonder Woman will come along proper. The original Wonder Woman was coming back, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Change is good for a while, but with comics and Kendra, you'll know this more than anyone. You're one of the best writers we've got, as is Faye. Um, Tropesville. A comics trope is shake up the character, do something radical, but then obviously bring back the classic character because that's the character people are going to want to read about 5, 10, 15, 40 years down the line. So that's why. Bring back the classic. That's the one everyone knows. Great question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so our next question, or I should say questions, are from Mike of Star Wars Comics in Canon. I've been waiting for one of those. Oh, yeah. You ready? <laughs> All right, so he asks, uh, in the comics, can Wonder Woman fly? And if so, is that immediate? Brilliant question. Um, no, she couldn't actually fly under her own power until the 80s. Hence <laughs> hence the need for invisible planes and, and such like, <laughs> so she could get around and not have to be carried, which really pissed Batman off and not having to invent bat wings and stuff like that. So, no, you, brilliant question. She didn't actually get um, to fly until um, oh, legend genius, a man who I adore and oh, I hope he lives forever. Um, someone I've mentioned in the past, George Perez, who came on as writer and artist for Wonder Woman after the crisis on Infinite Earth. So what, what Alan Moore did with Swamp Thing what John Byrne did with Superman, what Peter David did with Hulk. George Perez made Wonder Woman matter again. Like I said, before that point, there was a time when Wonder Woman did not have her own series. But after the Crisis on Infinite Earths, George Perez came in, and not only did he turn out to be one of the greatest comic book artists of all time, who knew this dude could write? Because he wrote and drew this series. And he brought back the Greek gods. He named the island Themyscira. Before George Perez, it was just Paradise Island. He brought back Cerebus and Ares and Zeus and all the wonderful things that make Greek mythology real. And he tied it into Wonder Woman's history. The attack by Hercules, or Heracles, as he should have been known, um, because there's there's difference between the Roman gods and the Greek gods. They're the same characters, but they had different names depending on which mythology. Um, and he just made Wonder Woman the biggest selling DC title of the, of the time, the most important character, the first hints at romance between Superman and Wonder Woman were brought in during that era with a crossover with John Byrne's Superman. And honestly, those are still, to this day, some of my favourite comics ever, because not only did they look beautiful because of his art, this was a Wonder Woman you'd never seen before. Here finally was what William Moulton Marston always wanted. Here was a woman who was feminine, who was beautiful, who was, yeah, she was sexy, but she was also a warrior, a fighter, someone who's trained and someone who, unlike Superman and Batman, who, don't get me wrong, I love the fact that they have that rule, that honour, that they will not kill under any respect. But logic dictates... If someone is there and they're pure evil, they have no 
hint or hope of ever changing or wanting to change. If they're going to take a life, take theirs out first. Wonder Woman was a warrior. She would hate to take a life. It would be the last resort. But if she had to do it for the greater good, she would do it. And I actually respect that. It landed at no end of trouble um, with a character called Max Lord, who she was filmed killing because he was basically killing Batman and Superman. And she lost a lot of respect for a while. She got fired for being a UN ambassador to Themyscira because of the way she dressed. But she said, well, listen, I am still a woman. Why can't I feel empowered and look great doing it? Um, I am not walking around like some of these <coughs> image comics characters. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm still covered up. But I'm a warrior. I need to be able to move. I need to be able to fight. So... What George Perez did was just incredible. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Book. A Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat on me, nards. I definitely do not fuck bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on The Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide, what we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile Takeover, coming soon to a podcast feed near you. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. 
It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. And what was the question again? I've gone into a rant about George Perez. <laughs> yeah. um, it says, in the comics, Wonder Woman can fly. If, if so, the fly, is, it, yes. is that immediate? George Perez was the one who said, um, at this point it was still the made out of clay origin. And when she was breathed life, in, breathed, life was breathed into this, this clay baby by the gods, each of the gods bestowed upon her a power. And the powers were, let's have a look, let's have a look, let's have a look, because I have noted this stuff down. Um, Beautiful as Aphrodite, wise as Athena, stronger than Hercules and swifter than Hermes. Those gods breathed those powers into her. Now with Hermes, who's the messenger god, also known as Mercury, his gift was the gift of speed and flight, because being the god of the messengers, he flew, he delivered messages from... Uh, the top of Mount Olympus to the depths of Hades to Earth to Tartarus to the worlds beyond. So that's when Wonder Woman first gained the ability to fly under the run of George Perez. And she's kept that power ever since. And it just makes a lot more sense than flying around in an invisible jet. I think. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, Mike's second question uh, is in the comics, does she have the invisible vehicles? And if so, how do they work? Um, yes, she does. Uh, literally, they're made out of a material which um, cannot be seen by the naked eye, but the heightened senses of Wonder Woman and various other Amazonians can be hammered and pressed into shape. And once they learn their technology from Man's World, um, she built a jet so she could fly easily from Paradise Island to Man's World rather than to having to, you know, like get on a boat and go to the mainland and grab a plane and uh, get some tickets and oh shit, I've missed my flight. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's why George Perry just thought, fuck the invisible jets, let's just have a fly and let's just be done with it. She can do everything else for God's sake. She's more or less like an equivalent to Superman, but cooler in some ways. Um, so let's just let her fly. So, yes, um, those things did happen in the comics. I loved the way they did it in the most recent movie. Really, really cool. Because it's a way of her flying with um, Steve Trevor that's realistic. I mean, I love the Christopher Reeve Superman films, but I'm sorry. 
if he flew above the clouds with Lois Lane, <laughs> she would die of exposure and freeze to death. Mm-hmm. So getting in that plane was much more realistic. And thank you for that, Patty Jenkins. So yes, <laughs> that ridiculous shit was in the comics, but it's a product of its time and ah oh, bless, I still have a soft spot in my heart for it. It's cute. <laughs> uh, Mike goes on to ask, uh, can she lasso lightning in the comics? <laughs> can she? Probably. Does she? <laughs> but it does look pretty fucking cool. Um, so um, that's just uh, I think that that's a way they wanted to show her learning how to fly because again she can't do it immediately but um, I love that image but no it's not something I mean again I might be wrong if it does happen in the comics please educate me because again I'm not going to pretend I've got every Wonder Woman comic ever drawn but <laughs> um, can she do it? Probably she is a goddess um, does she do it? Not as far as I'm aware <laughs> Good old Mike. Thinking uh, I love it. Mike. The force is strong in that one. What do you like? But I'm bumped. And his last question for now um, What makes her lasso of truth work? Oh, that's a great question. I'm glad someone asked that. Right. Again, she was imbued by the gods with magical powers and abilities, but she was also given wondrous weapons a shield, a sword. And the lasso, which is formed of the girdle of Gaia, the earth herself, the mother goddess. And one of the powers she was imbued is obviously control over fire. And the deepest fire is the fire of truth. So what happens is that lasso is imbued by the power of Gaia herself, who is life, who is the ultimate truth. Because everything we do is to extend our life, to live our life, to better our life. So when you've got a rope that is imbued of life force itself, it compels you to be honest and it's powered by the flames of truth. But also a side effect because of that is that with a strong enough will and with training over the years, Wonder Woman didn't just get the truth out of people. If she had to, and she didn't like doing it, but she could also bend people to follow her will and do what she told them to do. Um, But that was a gift which not even the gods expected her to have because back then it wasn't known that she was a demigoddess herself. They just thought she was a wonderful um, Amazon who they'd imbued with extra powers. They didn't realise she was Zeus's daughter. And those bracelets are a massive part of that. But I think that we'll talk about that when we talk about her other powers and stuff as well. Because, um, yeah, that's how the lasso works. Literally, it's the fires of truth which no one can resist. And to my mind, I don't think anyone has been able to lie or resist telling the truth when caught in the golden lasso. Brilliant question, Mike. Thanks for asking that one. Love it. Hmm. Um, Thank you very much, Mike. Kicked us off nicely on the powers. Um, And we didn't actually have many questions on her powers, weirdly. Oh, weird. Um, Mike kind of was the only one. So, should we quickly go through things that haven't been covered yeah absolutely what i mean obviously are, what are her powers you guys know from what you've seen i mean what are the powers you can immediately see that she's got from the bat from the get-go well that's a truthful one yeah um 
the bracelets when she clangs them together like sends out like a sonic wave yeah uh she can use like captain america she can use her headband to like destroy stuff um and then super strength speed and i think that's all that comes to mind bouncing bullets yeah things yeah she's yeah (laughs) she's very fast flight yeah Mm. yeah well, yeah, absolutely. They're the, they're the ones you can see straight off the bat. But obviously, she's nigh on indestructible. Super strength, as you said. Um, but also, and this is lesser known stuff, those bracelets, <clears throat> she's had them since birth, and they haven't alluded to it yet in the movies. But you see her wearing those even as a child. Why would a child who's not being trained in the ways of combat need those things? Are they just... Amazon heritage? Are they just something they all wear? No, because not all the Amazons wear them. This is because Hippolyta, her mother, knew Diana wasn't just another Amazon. Wasn't just a creature made of clay that was brought to life by the gods. She knew that this was the daughter of Zeus. And those bracelets actually are power dampeners. They keep her powers in check because otherwise she would have been a flying toddler who would have wrecked Paradise Island <laughs> because she is, like we've said quite clearly, a demigoddess. Obviously, none of that is in the original stories. None of that was written by William Walter Marston. None of that was written by George Perez. It's just something she always wore. That was something that came in later years. Um, but if she is ever faced by someone who looks like they could physically defeat her. There have been occasions in the comics where she's taken those bracelets off and almost hulked out because then her power is cut loose and she is literally Zeus personified. She's literally a goddess. And the power she wields in that form is phenomenal. So when she's just doing that, it's not just a sonic shockwave. It's literally her unleashing her power that's kept within her out and it's it's awesome but it's not just those kind of powers which uh, make her like goddess level it's some of her other powers which I actually find more fascinating a lot of people don't know she's a trained doctor she could save your life she can heal your wounds she can find herbs and plants and antitoxins in nature that could save your life should she need to being a warrior that's essential i mean part of amazon culture if you're out in battle and you're wounded in the field and you can't get home you need to find whatever is about in the land to heal your warriors she can do all of that she created amazing healing devices like the purple ray which can heal almost any wound she healed steve trevor from being shot in the head with that back in the golden age so she's a doctor and a physician and a scientist also, when she was in, granted this, the, the Huntress's powers by Artemis and the other goddesses, the power of communication and language, she can speak something like a dozen languages fluently, which is something they brought into the films fantastically, and it's really, really cool. I mean, that is a power. The fact that she can communicate with virtually any race, religion, colour or creed in their own language is awesome to me it's absolutely awesome but it's not just people 
the hunting goddess. She can communicate and have an empathic relation with virtually any animal on earth. People take the piss out of Aquaman for talking to fish, which again, that's like 90% of life on earth. That to me is an awesome power, not mm. a stupid power. Wonder Woman can actually communicate with and speak to virtually any animal on the planet. People knock that. I actually think it's awesome. And when it's done for comedy effect, it's brilliant because there have been a few issues and, and, and they just make me laugh where um, Diana will be out in this garden and it'll be in like Central Park or somewhere dumb like that. And she'll be talking like a, to like a, 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 a pigeon or a bluebird or a squirrel or something. People are looking at her, what's she doing? Oh, she's just talking to him. Why is she doing that for? She goes, oh, well, I don't know. And it's just like you see that she is nature personified. She's a mother. She's a goddess. She's woman. And that, to me, is just awesome. And it's a power that no one really knows about. So, again, um, I'm hoping that Wonder Woman fans can realise she's not just someone who can kick your ass. She's someone who nurtures life, loves life, and respects life in all its forms. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Bet none of you two knew that. No. No. <laughs> People think just... they know Wonder Woman. Well, yeah. Um. Just on the bracelets thing, I understand as a kid making her wear them so, as you say, she doesn't wreck the place. As an adult, why, if she's got control of her powers, why does she still wear the bracelets? Keep herself humble. Same reason Zatanna speaks in backwards rhymes. When you've got that level of power, there's that old saying, power corrupts. Absolute mm. power corrupts absolutely she is basically just a decent human being and in most respects i mean she gave up her powers completely for a while that's just who she is yeah. that's wonder woman um there was a time in a marvel dc crossover where she had the powers of thor and she gave them up because she didn't think that would be fair against her adversary huh. <laughs> that's wonder fair woman. enough honor She's just the greatest, most honourable character. I love her to pieces. Yeah. That's the reason. Could you or I be that unselfish? I don't think so. But she can. No. I mean, not like she's not awesome enough as she is. Yeah. That's very true. I think if any, any of us had the um, powers that she has, I think we'd be like, well, I'm just going to pop down to the bank for no, for no reason. Little Johnny Bates. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. Oh, Johnny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Johnny, John, John. <laughs> naughty, Johnny. Naughty. He's a naughty boy. Naughty boys. Um. Right. Uh, our next question. Ah, uh, repeat offender is uh, Aiden of Co Chaotic Comics and oh, he's obviously a Wonder Woman fan. Then no, I think so. We certainly are. Certainly are. Um, he asks, uh, "Could she kick the shite out of Superman if she wanted to?" <laughs> Not only can she, she has. No, really? Oh yes, she <laughs> has. I mentioned briefly earlier there was a point where a character called Max Lord mm. had brainwashed Superman into thinking that Batman had um, murdered or attempted to murder Lois Lane. So basically, 
Superman is literally within seconds of killing Batman stone dead. Wonder Woman has to butt in. And then Superman sees her as a lethal enemy and bites her like, oh my God, you're going to kill my family. Imagine Superman cutting loose to defend the people he loves. Superman with no restraint. Not only does Wonder Woman manage to hold her own and honestly, if she wanted to and she was close, she probably would have had to kill him to stop her, stop Superman killing both her and Batman. She kicks his ass. She obviously she's a creature of magic. She's a deity. The the tiara that you mentioned, Dan, that she can use like a Captain America shield. She slings it and basically cuts Superman's throat open to stop him. She literally punches him into the next state. Does everything she can short of killing him. So she is, and this is a Superman who's not holding back. People say, oh yeah, but he was um, under mind control. Yeah, but under this mind control, he didn't hold his limits into place. He wasn't like the normal Superman where he knows that if he hits a, a human, no matter what kind of suit of armor they're wearing, he would kill that person due to the whiplash. Superman is always holding back. Superman is never cutting loose unless he's fighting someone like Mongol or Darkseid or Doomsday. In this occasion, he was fighting Wonder Woman and he wasn't holding back. And Wonder Woman didn't just hold her own. She knocked him clear out of the park, saved Batman's life, saved his life. And that's when she, because he was under the control of Max Lord, who we've seen in Wonder Woman 84, um, rather than having a dreamstone in the comics, he literally has latent psychic powers where he can make you do whatever the fuck he wants you to do. Okay. And he had taken over Superman's mind. So she grabs Lord in her lasso of truth and says, tell me how to stop him. And he told her, he said, you can't. While I'm alive, Superman cannot be stopped. He will kill you, he will kill Batman, he will kill everything on his earth if I tell him to. Wonder Woman had no choice. She snapped Max Lord's neck. What she didn't realise was that was being filmed at the time, so that was televised. But again, I'm sorry, she didn't have a choice. So, yes, she's whipped Superman's butt, and that's not the only time. She is a warrior who is magical. Superman can't hack magic. She's a trained martial artist. Um, Superman's trained with Kryptonian martial arts, and he's even done some training with Batman. But this is a woman who's thousands of years old, who's trained as a warrior since birth. Um, yeah. She can and she has kicked Superman's butt, but thankfully they're friends. That doesn't have to happen to have to happen too often. I don't like you when heroes fight heroes, to be honest. No. But yeah, she can more than hold her own against just about anybody. Blimey. Great question. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much, Aiden. She kicked his butt. She kicked um, his butt bad. So our next question is from John Hammond. Fresh from he his has farm. returned. He asks, "Is it true that she's worthy of wielding Mjolnir?" Ah, brilliant! I mentioned it. Yeah, yes, um, in Marvel versus DC, on two occasions, not one, but two occasions, she picks up Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. In the first occasion, she's literally imbued with all the powers of Thor. Now, the great cosmic conspiracy that caused the Marvel versus DC battle basically placed Marvel's heavy hitters against DC's heavy hitters. Batman versus Captain America, Superman versus Hulk, Wonder Woman versus Storm from the X-Men and so on. 
Now imagine Storm is a character who, by her name, uh, um, <laughs> causes storms, can affect the weather, what have you. It's like, what does Judge Fire do? <laughs> um, <laughs> but obviously, Wonder Woman's awesome as she is. But Wonder Woman, with all of Thor's powers as well, mm. literally, Wonder Woman put the hammer down and said, No, um, I know I've got to fight for the fate of my reality and my world. But this is an unfair advantage, and I don't need it. So she put the hammer down and gave that power up and just fought Stormers herself. Um, again, that's Wonder Woman all over. But at the end of the story as well, I mean, while all this was happening, Thor was out cold, so he wasn't aware of any of it. But at the end of the story, I mean, Thor, didn't you? Dude, your hammer, it's a powerful weapon. You drop it more than your pants, mate. Um, be more careful with your hammer, dude. <laughs> At the end of the story, he drops it again. But this time, he says, oh, uh, uh, where's my hammer? Wonder Woman picks up and goes, oh, here, here you go, mate. And says to me, oh, he goes, thanks. And he goes, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 and it's literally just like that. Um, so, yes, she is worthy. And damn, can you imagine? If she's awesome enough as she is. Yes, yeah. she is. As is Superman, as is Captain America, as is Zivijon. Could you imagine Wonder Woman without the braces on and Mjolnir? That would just be uh, the world implode, I think. Game over, man! Game over! (laughs) Run for your life! Good grief. Brilliant question. Indeed. Good lordy. Um, Oh, sorry, it's me, sorry. Um... Oh, you were just thinking about Beyond there again, weren't you? You got all carried away. Oh, Wonder Woman. Oh, Captain America's shield. Thor's hammer. Oh, oh no bracelets. Oh, best hero ever. I love you. <laughs> yeah, I was as well. Anyway, um, yeah. our next question is from Claire Payne. Yay, she's back. Marvelous. And Claire asks, she has many strengths, but does she have any weaknesses? Now, you did mention earlier that she yeah, her things um, were bound. That hasn't happened in the longest time. So right now, honestly, her honest, her only weaknesses are a stubbornness. She will not give up, sometimes to her detriment. But it's literally to help, to save the day, to, to, to be good. I mean, again, like Batman, like Superman, her main weakness is the fact she gives a shit. And people have used that back in the days when she could be subdued by tying her bracelets together. She frequently was subdued because she did it to save her life. She will go out of her way to protect everybody and has come close to being killed herself for doing so. So while the whole bracelets thing I don't think is a thing anymore, she has been taken to the limit by her warrior's pride, her spirit, and the fact she will do anything to protect the innocent. But, um... Those weaknesses are strengths to me. That makes her a hero. So bring it on. I, I'd rather I would have that than a Punisher or Lobo type character who honestly don't give a fuck about anyone, just want to take out the villain at any cost. So yeah, uh, I mean, because it's uh, she's human, even though she's a demigoddess. And I love that about her. Really good question. Thank you, Claire. Yeah. Um, now, Dave Horrocks asked a similar question, um, but you've pretty much answered it. He asked, what were her weaknesses in the Golden Age stories, yeah. specifically? Um, so we mentioned at the beginning, sub- sub- yeah. being subdued, yeah. 
Uh, not for long. No, absolutely. Good, good teeth. So, okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. So the next question uh, from Faye Clark again. Yay. Oh, I really like this question, actually. Mm. What is Batman's contingency plan for Wonder Woman? Oh, you're lining these up for me. This is great. Like I said, her warrior's pride and her stubbornness. Oh, I don't know if you know that Batman's at least got a contingency plan for mm, not just everyone. virtually every villain, but even his Justice League counterparts. For Wonder Woman, he had to get really creative. There's been a few occasions where he has teamed up with Wonder Woman. Obviously, they're compatriots, they're friends, they're like Justice League teammates. But he's even gone to defend another dimension on occasion with Wonder Woman, where on Earth, time passes a couple of minutes, whatever. But while they're in that other dimension, they don't age, but they're fighting an interminable battle for centuries against an ongoing horde which will not stop. And during those decades there, um, he learnt that Wonder Woman will not give up. Obviously, he's human. Even though he's immortal in that place, he he doesn't age. He will get tired, and she will have to keep fighting even without him until he regains his strength. And he sees that, well, this, this woman just does not give up. She will fight for what she believes in until the end. And he worked out a way to insert these devices into her ears, which would cut off her hearing from the world around her, and then take her into like a virtual reality where she thinks she's here and now, but she's literally fighting this battle non-stop, never-ending until she's worn out. So he literally takes her out by taking her out. Wonder Woman is fighting this unending war in her own mind while Batman um, does what he needs to do to keep the world safe. So imagine a Wonder Woman who the bracelets are off, she's cutting loose. The world could be laid waste by that level of power. So by trapping in this illusion of this never-ending war, he's safe, the world is safe. He can literally have her in this contained space, hurting no one but herself, until she literally dies of old age and exhaustion. And he worked that out, and what kind of sicko does that? <laughs> <laughs> Only Batman. Yep. It's Creative crazy. thinking. Mm. Yeah. Kind of rem- that kind of reminds me of um I think there was like this little comic strip of um Thor and he's like oh nobody can pick up my hammer and then Batman comes along and he oh, crouches in front man. of it and he basically just takes a, another like a, a, a fake a, copy a yeah. replica and then he just takes it out and he's like that <laughs> well the other one's on the floor yeah I love that yeah <laughs> brilliant I mean Thor's greatest practical joke is is um putting the toilet seat down and putting the hammer on top of it that really fucks up his <laughs> teammates in the Avengers because no one can use the laugh but yeah, um, yeah that's Batman's way of containing Wonder Woman um, literally put her in a never ending battle which she cannot hope to win oh, that's crazy yep so, so far we've talked about like how Wonder Woman in the position of like a doomsday scenario where she just cuts loose, she takes the braces off and she goes absolutely batshit crazy. I mean, this question is kind of like a, a WWE kind of question. So this is from Max Byrne. Good. Um, and he asks, has she ever turned heel? Oh, 
great question. Yes, on a few occasions. I don't want to give too much away, but um, read Wonder Woman Odyssey for a brilliantly clever take on that. Um, read, this isn't our world per se. The, you remember the Injustice video games, Dan? I'm sure you do. Yeah. 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 There was a fantastic comic adapting both those games. And in that reality, um, is she heal? Imagine a Wonder Woman who literally put Themyscira first and Man's World last, because honestly, this world is beyond redemption, where she literally fed Superman's ego to the point where we think that she even um, made it easier for Joker to concoct that scheme that had Superman um, basically becoming the tyrant and ruler of Earth so she could become his consort and even in um, the alternate future of the Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Strikes Again Wonder Woman is not very nice she's become cold and cynical towards our world because she honestly thinks that we are doomed to failure we are doomed to destroy each other and the only way to save us is to rule us and again she has a child with superman in that future and that's a lot of the stuff behind some of the um things we'll see in the in the snyder cut of justice league as well but um in most of those times it's out of con- current continuity almost like an else world or parallel future or other world but yes she there's been times when wonder woman particularly in injustice has been a pretty nasty piece of work. Um, in current continuity, again, read Wonder Woman Odyssey, and that'll answer that question for you. But yes, but imagine with her level of power, after Batman, the last person I would ever want to see turn evil would be her and, and Superman, because the damage they could cause mm. would be like terrifying. So, Brilliant, brilliant question. Thank you, Max. Yes, indeed. With that having said, like, okay, this is my own question. So, say Superman, Wonder Woman, they turn heel. They're, they've enslaved the Earth, but then Batman still has his contingency. But these contingencies still work, like, for Wonder Woman and Superman? He never thought he'd have to put them into place. Um, and taking them out one by one would have been the logical way to do it. But if you read the Injustice comics um, written by the amazing mm. Tom Taylor, um, a lot of people go against Superman and take Batman's side. And in the end, um, they do sort of end up winning. Mm. So, yeah, if with the right, like I said... People always say that with the with enough prep training time and with enough support, there's nothing Batman couldn't do. Against all of the Justice League at once, there was a brilliant story called Endgame where he did have to fight literally all of them and he held his own. So I hope it never happens, but honestly, I do think that because we are but mere mortals, we'd have to hope that if those super beings ever did go bad, that his contingency plans would work, but I just pray he never has to use them. What do you reckon? Would they work? Would he hold mm. his own? I think Would his he... devious mind be enough? Yeah. 
because usually he's, he's quite not quick, but like he figures it out pretty pretty quickly, figures people out very quickly, and he's able to you know take them down. But I think with Wonder Woman and Superman both yeah, in league, I think it would take a hell of a lot longer because he's got to think of a way. Right, I've got to take out Wonder Woman, then I've got to take out Superman. But you know, if they're both on the on the battlefield together, then that's you know that's going to be a bit of a bit of a challenge. And they're think... friends at the end of the day. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And he doesn't exactly. kill. Mm. Whereas Wonder yeah. Woman in full Amoria mode. Oh, oh mate. Turn you into a paste. <laughs> yeah, I think as you say, if he had to sort of subdue them one by one, I think it would work to a certain point. Um but yeah, if if he had to sort of go up against a couple of them at the same time. Or I mean even it would work for if one of them goes rogue. Mm-hmm. But if Batman decides, right, I need to put all the contingency plans into place after sort of the first one or two, they'd start going, hang on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, to a point. Brilliant. Mm. Great question. Yeah, great, absolutely. great question. They all are tonight. I'm loving yeah. tonight. This is brilliant. Hit me with some more. And you and you see why I got excited when I saw the yeah. questions. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Brilliant questions. I will just add on, just for people who don't know the term, turning heel, as Dan said, is it's a bit of a wrestling term. term. Yeah. Um, and it basically just means turning not very nice, being yes. a baddie. Being yes. the bad guy. Going from exactly. being a baby face or a blue eyes to being a heel, to being an a-hole, to being a baddie. <laughs> Me in the morning when I wake up before my coffee. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that feeling. Okay, so the next questions are kind of all connected. Okay. So I'll give them all to you at the same time because the chances are when you start answering the first one, you'll probably start answering them all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. He has a habit of doing it, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, (laughs) you know, they're connected. It's liable to happen. Um, So the first one is asked by both John Hammond and Faye Clark. Oh, um, simply Two has any other points. indeed we have no hope uh, has any other character held the mantle of Wonder Woman oh, that had to come yet yes absolutely and then Kelly Gaines I'd love to know Kelly! about some indeed oh, yay <laughs> uh, I'd love to know more about some of the Wonder Woman substitutes like Artemis who you have mentioned a couple of times um, and then Kendra Hale again with Yara and Nubia stepping forward any guesses as to what's to come for the series and what do you think of all the Wonder Woman coming in 2021 so sort of all the bundles together awesome and do you know what makes me even happier all those questions were asked by ladies and some of the best women I know amazing writers amazing talents my fellow podcasters oh this is brilliant okay well we've talked about artemis so i don't need to go much about her um she's still going around strong in the comics today uh, i mentioned donna troy um wonder woman's um sidekick as it were and her entry into the teen titans obviously batman 
Robin was in the Teen Titans, Flash Kid, Flash was in the Teen Titans, Aquaman, Aqualad, Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl. The second Wonder Girl, because the original Wonder Girl was Diana herself as a child. But the second Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, um, oh God, I don't want to talk too much about her because she's been rewritten even more times than Wonder Woman has. But to all intents and purposes, there are several occasions where Wonder Woman has been indisposed of, injured, vanished, presumed dead, cosmic bollocks, and Wonder Girl has taken on the mantle of Wonder Woman. So they're the two most well-known characters. But we've also had, um, in again, Tom Taylor, another one of those writers who will talk about a lot because he, he's just awesome and he's... He's starting to become a legend. Honestly, his his work is brilliant. Not only did he write the two fantastic Injustice um, comics uh, adaptations of the video games, recently he's written stories which I know Dan's gonna his eyes are gonna light up in a second. He wrote all the deceased books. Um, this guy is amazing. In those books, he makes things happen because they're not our DC universe. There are Elseworlds or one of the multi multiverse Earths where Darkseid finally after thousands of years solves the anti-life equation and basically the Earth is overrun by the living dead and imagine zombies cool terrifying imagine dead superhero zombies with all their powers holy fucking <laughs> shit <laughs> This dude, I don't want to give too much away because you need to read these comics, but mm. things happen to Wonder Woman and some of the other characters. And Cassie Sandsmark, who, brilliant character. In the comics, um, Cassie is a great kid. Oh, God, how do it without giving away? Literally, long story short, she becomes like a trainee Wonder Woman. She's taken in by the Amazons, trained in the warrior ways, and becomes the new Wonder Girl. In Tom Taylor's deceased, because of things that happened to Wonder Woman, she has to take the next step up. Damien Wayne becomes Batman. Jonathan Kent takes over as Superman from his dad. Cassie Sandsmark becomes Wonder Woman. So that's another one. Then we've also got, who else mentioned Artemis? Oh, Nubia. Right. <laughs> I mentioned earlier the taking away of the clay origin causes shenanigans. Mm. Nubia in her original iteration is Wonder Woman's twin, but she's a black woman. The reason for that is good old 1940s golden age thinking. Hippolyta wanted to make sure that her creation had the best chance of life. So when she sculpted the babies out of clay, she used light clay and dark clay and both were animated by the gods. So there was two Wonder Women, a white one, and a black one, and they were sisters. And they were both Wonder Woman. And when Diana couldn't be Wonder Woman, Nubia would. And that was DC um, being, again, forward-thinking, because this was in the 60s, and she was the first black female superhero, um, closely followed by Bumblebee uh, a couple of years later, that DC were trying to make things more equal in comics by having uh, a black Wonder Woman. For me, I personally would like to have new characters, static, icon, the milestone universe rather than have like another wonder woman so when that origin was rewritten and obviously it turns out that whole clay thing was bollocks that meant oh hang on what about nubia if that didn't happen how come we've got nubia 
So when they rewrote her history, they did it properly. Nubia was one of the missing tribes of Amazons. Because obviously, the Amazons of Themyscira are the originals, but there's an Amazon rainforest in South America named after the Amazons. There's the Amazon River in South America. There were tribes of Amazons throughout the world, Africa, South America, everywhere. Nubia was one of the offshoots from the Amazons who left Themyscira to forge their own path in the world outside of Paradise Island. And she was the leader of that tribe of Amazons hundreds of years before Diana was even born. And she was to that tribe and to the outside world because they weren't stuck on Themyscira. She was the original Wonder Woman before Diana even took up the mantle. So when they met up, she was like a hero of Diana's and a hero to all the Amazons because she was bringing justice to the world outside, to the godless worlds of men even before Diana had picked up her lasso. So that's the Nubia we have today. And in fact, in the recent Future State event, they've brought back Nubia in a big way, and her costume is wicked. She is awesome. I love her. But Diana is currently almost like a goddess. After the events of Death Metal, Diana has elevated, and she's taken a place among the quintessence and the pantheon of omnipowered creatures of the universe. So she's currently not even on Earth. So Hippolyta... For the second time she's done this before in the past has left paradise island to join the justice league and fight in diana's stead while she's missing presumed dead no one knows where diana is and nubia is now currently the queen of themyscira now that's the african tribe of amazons the brazilian tribe the south american tribe yara floor the new wonder girl and in future state a future wonder woman I love this character so much. Um, Future State has, on the whole, been pretty bloody brilliant. But the Batman books, the Green Lantern stuff, and the Wonder Woman's, for me, have killed it. They've totally stolen the show. I'm a little bit in love with Yara Floor because she is, like... A, she's a Latina, so I've got that spirit there, that, that kindred spirit there. And she's just, like, so freaking cool she's so full of energy so full of life she's again trained as a warrior but the last thing she wants to do is fight she wants to have a good time and be a 20 year old girl and party but if you mess with her she will kick your ass and she's like the stripped back essence of everything i love about wonder woman i never thought i could see another character as a replacement wonder woman who i'd love as much as diana but honestly, Yara Floor has stolen my heart and the hearts of hundreds of fans around the world, well, millions of fans around the world, because she's actually getting her own title now at the, at the events of Future State. She's actually been brought into modern day, now continuity, not some possible future where the DC Universe is currently leading to. So in answer to the second question, what do I think about all the Wonder Woman stuff coming in 2021? Sign me up. I cannot <laughs> friggin' wait. So yeah, there you go. They're the, they're the Wonder Women uh, and the alternate Wonder Women. And um, again, read Wonder Woman Odyssey for more alternate Wonder Women-ish mm. and heel Wonder Women-ish. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> what have you done? What have you done? What have you yeah, it's very cool. Now is an amazing time to be a Wonder Woman fan. Amazing time to be a Wonder Woman fan. 
I'm happy as a pig in shit, seriously. And clearly, <laughs> clearly, all these ladies, Kelly, Kendra, Faye, uh, Claire, returning. Oh, this makes me really happy. Great female character. Great f- ladies sending in some awesome questions. This is this is why I make this show. This this is what makes me happy. Having my brothers here with me doing this show and getting questions like that from ladies. Awesome. Not not to say anything against the John and Max and Tony and everyone else, but the fact we've got a female listenership. Oh, dude, it's it's a dream. Yeah. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Love it. Diversity. Bring them in. We love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm a happy boy. Good. Me too. Fantastic. Me too. I like. Me too. I like our audience. It's yeah. pretty wonderful. on that high note we will end part one of this episode do make sure you join us next time we will talk about wonder woman's friends foes teammates her storylines her movies and so much more as always make sure to keep an eye on our social medias to see what is going on send in your requests your votes you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter just search for superheroes for dummies as always thank you so much for listening we are superheroes for dummies we are produced by Stephen and adam ray edit and mixed by adam ray music from professor elemental and we are a proud member of comics in motion and join us next time for part two when as steve would say we will be supercharging your powers And this is mine Find a beat that shines Renewed spirit and mind Spit fire when I swig in With some friends of mine Rewire till I arrive At the end of time This is music to play In black holes Alternative futures Retune to play On your onboard computer A song to play In Batmobiles Or Plastic Man's iPod Zatanna backwards Magic words Or Marvel Man My God Fire up the turbines The game's afoot Underwear over tights Is now a good look If there's been monkey business I head off on a mission I'm ready for anything in a head-on collision So listen all vagabonds, scoundrels and villains Beware because it's on, this is just the beginning No cape, just a time belt with vivid shine Every hero needs theme music and this is mine Ladies and gentlemen, back to the lab Big, big way, cause here I come professor What drinking his tea? Your tune now, your theme music Stand strong in the storm or easily breeze through it I'm passing a mantle, bestowing a gift It might take you some training before you know what it is It's the bite of a spider that's radioactive It's mutant synapses becoming finally active When no one else could ever really walk in your shoes Walking into exams or out of job interviews To deal with every evil ex or several devilish kids To enter the ring already a legend Ready to win whenever it is Every right to work on a Monday in a hurricane Tired and you're underpaid Find you want to run away Hey, face front true believer If you don't believe in you Then they won't either This is the teaser trailer for your blockbuster event And you're at the centre This is so intense When I just As if I